0: Well, it's Friday. We are in the Farm Bureau studios, and it is time for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory, and we are looking forward to the SEC opener for Mississippi State, hosting the number 14-ranked LSU Tigers coming in with a 1-1 record. They dropped the first game of the season, a game down in Orlando to Florida State, got roughed up in that one late in the ballgame, 45-24. And then came back and, well, took it out on Grambling, 72-10. That's why the stats are going to be a little off here when you look at this team. But, Bart, here's what you know. This is a good football team. It is a coach who, if my math is right, and Brian Kelly coming in in his 400th game as a head coach, Zach Arnett coming in in his fourth game as a head coach. So, interesting matchup, but it's a – a tough opponent,
1: well, the thing about Brian Kelly that you forget about is how many years and how much success he had at Grand Valley before moving to Western Michigan and then on to Cincinnati Was he at Western Michigan or central Michigan? He was at central central Michigan, Michigan. why well, it's the same thing It's the same state, and then twelve years as a head coach at Notre Dame before going to to l s u and so it's a he's an old linebacker he's a different dude and You know, sometimes, and you saw it that first game of the year, sometimes LSU has those games and Notre Dame had those games. And I know you're all too familiar, Charlie, with the Brian Kelly coach football teams. Sometimes he just has games where they don't show up to play at all. And I think that first game of the season, they kind of got knocked back a little bit. It looked like Florida State was ready to play, and they were not, even though it was the first game of the season.
0: Well, I also think probably because of what's happened in the past few years, just kind of the shift, Florida State is a a program that obviously went down after Bobby Bowden's time and the clown out in College Station's time there, who I think kind of helped start it that way. He got out while the getting was good. The perfect time. Yeah, and so then it kind of hit a lull. But I think in today's world, Florida State, not to get off topic, but you say Florida State is a really good job to have. Why? Because that second transfer portal, Where players in the SEC cannot transfer within the league. Where can they go? They can go to an ACC school. And which one is sitting right in the middle of that footprint? Florida State. Well, their best defensive tackle started here. Yeah. I mean, so, anyway, LSU gets roughed up in that one. And, Bart, I don't want to say this is a game that defines your season, but – when you start to look at the big wins that are available on your schedule, this is the first opportunity. you got to go get it, and you're going to have to play, well, better than you did last week.
1: Well, what did we say? You know, coming into September before the season began, and we were counting the first two games as wins, that you're going to have to win against LSU or South Carolina to make it out of this month you feel like because you've got Alabama on the tail side of that. With a winning record. And so you're playing them at home. You're playing at 11 o'clock. Even though LSU has won nine of their last ten games on the road, which have started at 11 a.m. How about that? Yeah. And so some teams play better early in the day because you don't have to sit around the hotel all day long. You get up, you get out there. Sometimes the home crowd is not as into it. That's another thing. Coming to the game tomorrow, get in early. It was interesting. We were looking at scan rates two years ago when we played LSU at 11 a.m., and the scan rate was astronomical that happened after kickoff. And so a lot of people tried to enter the stadium in the last 20 minutes and 30 minutes were held up in line. So you better get to the gate early tomorrow. But I digress on that point.
0: All right, so let's take a look at this ball game, Bart. Uh, You want to get us started with our three numbers? All right, our three numbers brought to you by our
1: good friends at Maroon & Company. If you're coming to the game tomorrow, look on your ticket and see what section you're sitting in and what that corresponds to of what you're supposed to be wearing. It's a stripe out tomorrow. But no matter if you're wanting to wear the other color, if you want to be like Charlie Winfield, if your ticket says maroon and you want to wear white because you want to be different, they have it all at Maroon & Company, the Cotton Mill Marketplace. Go to maroonandcode.com. Or you can go by the store. But the thing about both locations, online or in-store, give them the promo code LEFTFIELD15, and you'll get 15% off your entire order. They have a great selection, huge selection, of the interlocking MSU logo stuff. maroonandco.com backslash 90sMSU. They'll make you look good for the tailgate early, hopefully a Bulldog win, and then the tailgate afterward tomorrow. So Maroon and company, go to maroonandco.com. And these are my three numbers. And, Charlie, I'm working high to low. I set that precedent early in the season. My first number is 150. You're going to look at me and roll your eyes because we are no longer the air raid offense. But the number 150 is the number of passing yards I think we need to see in the first half of the game tomorrow and here's the reason why what did we say before the arizona game teams coming in and looking at us and watching us on film i would bring seven guys in the box load it up and just dare you to throw it down the field and i think lsu is going to do that i think lsu is going to do everything they can to take away the run game very much like arizona did last week and say If you're going to beat us, it's going to be down the field. We only had five catches from wide receivers last week. We've got to open things up if we want to run the football because I think they're going to clog everything up.
0: All right, so, 150 that's going to play into one of my numbers in a minute.
1: Is it really? My second number is 10, and that's the most points we can allow off of turnovers. We talk about live ball turnovers in basketball. There are two different kinds of turnovers. One's a turnover, and it really doesn't affect the score a whole lot. It may affect field position, but does it directly affect the score? Last year, we had a fumble punt late in the third quarter. LSU took it in and scored, took the lead. Points off of turnovers in games like this become very big. Last week, Grambling turned it over twice and gave up 14 points to LSU. So LSU made them pay for the turnovers. Ones, you can't turn the ball over. The second thing is, if you do turn the ball over, you cannot give up more than 10 points. It's a big number. It is a big number, but that's two turnovers. That ain't many. That's a field goal and a touchdown. We get three turnovers, and then we stop them once. Shouldn't be that terrible. Well, I'm hoping we don't turn it over three times. Well, I'm just saying we're going to have to score a bunch of points tomorrow anyway to win. That's yeah, my fault. Okay. Okay? All
0: right, playing along.
1: And my third number is four. And that's the number of yards rushing on first down. I think we need to hold LSU, to. Last year in the first half, these were first down runs for LSU. 2-13-1-0-5-3-1. Seven carries, 25 yards, that was it. And that one that was over 10 yards was a 13-yard scramble by their quarterback, Jaden Daniels. So... I'm thinking you got to keep it under four because we controlled the first half last year. We gave up a touchdown right before the end of the first half. We did a good job of getting LSU off the field. I think they're a completely different team. We talk about us trying to establish a run. LSU tries to establish the run on first down. And if you can hold them to less than four yards of carry on first down and put them a little bit behind the chains, that's going to be a big key because LSU is going to come in here and try to run the football.
0: All right, so your numbers again, they start with 150? 150. 150
1: yards passing in the first half that I think we have to have. Now, we have 175 against Southeastern Louisiana, but we only had 45 yards passing last week in the first half against Arizona. So 150 is my first number, 10 points off of turnovers. We can't give up more than 10 points off of our turnovers. And then four yards per rush, hold LSU to four yards per rush on first down and keep it second down and long.
0: All right, so I'll give you my numbers. My first number is 45, and that is the percentage of plays that we run in this ball game on first down where we pass. Okay, so first down plays, I want 45% of those to be throws. You go back last week, 24 plays on first down, eight of them throws. Two weeks ago, 31 plays on first down, 10 of them throws. We're at about 33%. When we have thrown it on first down, we are 11 of 18, 120 yards. We haven't turned it over. We're becoming predictable, and we have to get unpredictable against a very good LSU defense because what do we know they will do with safeties if we become predictable on first down? They will walk them up, and we won't run the ball. Their safeties, are, their safeties have killed us for years.
1: Yeah, and that's the past two years. And I know it's a completely different style of offense, but what have we said the last two years? Two years ago here, and then last year, especially down in Baton Rouge, the losses are attributed because their safeties were just more athletic than our wide receivers.
0: All right, so that's the first. Forty-five percent of our plays first down have to be throws. My second number is 30. You said a minute ago we got to score points to win. We're going to have to score 30 to win this ballgame. LSU has gotten things together offensively. You start back at the end of last season. They scored 45 on Ole Miss, 32 on Alabama. Granted, that was in overtime. Had a couple of bad games in there, 13 against Arkansas, but 41 against UAB, 23 against a and 30 against Georgia, 63 against Purdue, and then you come into this season scoring 24 in that ballgame to Florida State. LSU is going to be able to score. They have an athletic quarterback and Jaden Daniels. He's going to. We'll get to him here in a little bit. I'm really concerned about the matchup that he's going to present for our linebackers. I think they're going to score points. I think we have to score thirty to win.
1: Okay, you mentioned Jaden Daniels running the ball, and could I give you a fourth number? And this is going to be out there. I mean, we're we're up for thinking outside the box, are we not? And this is a big box. I'm about to think outside. Okay, okay? go on. I almost went with a number one, and that was the maximum amount of sacks that we needed in the first half. And I know that sounds crazy. LSU was sacked. Jay Daniels was sacked in every game last year except the Purdue Bowl game, in which they won, what, thir- 63-7 to or 198-4, to whatever it was. But looking back at the game last year, we got to him and sacked him the second time about early second quarter. And after that happened, when we were bringing pressure, he hit the eject button in a hurry. It was almost like everything was a quarterback draw. He was dropping back to pass. He was not going to take a sack, and that's when he began to kill us. Right before the end of the first half, they went on a nine-play, 75-yard drive. We were up 13 to nothing, 48 yards rushing for Jaden Daniels when he just got loose. He was dropping back and then quickly running. I think we need to sit – I want him to beat us throwing the ball because I think he can beat you easier running the ball.
0: Is that crazy to say? Well, he's pretty good at beating people throwing it. He is. He completed is. almost 69% of his passes last year, only turned it turned it over three times in the air. 17 touchdown passes. But, to your point, he, he will get out and run. Last year he dropped back under pressure 146 times. He only threw it 65. 70 quarterback scrambles on the year, almost 700 yards in those. By the way, he can make you miss. He can run through tackles. 429 yards after contact, so two-thirds of his yards after somebody got a hand on him. 29 of his scrambles went for more than 10 yards. There was probably a good number to be had in there about how many scrambles he could have in this ball game tomorrow over 10 yards and a still win.
1: Yeah, that drive right before the end of the first half. He had a big 20-yard scramble that got inside our 10-yard line, and that was almost kind of a backbreaker that gave LSU a ton of momentum.
0: How about this one? When he is blitzed, you know the NFL passer rating system, right? Yeah. Anything over 100 is good. On plays where he is blitzed, last year his NFL passer rating was almost 103. It was better than when he didn't. So to fill out your point a minute, is he a guy that when you blitz him, he only picks you apart, either through the air or runs right past you? With the Florida
1: State game, I think the, well, Florida State blitzed him nine times. They got to him twice and sacked him. So I think he threw the ball seven times, and he was like six out of seven against Florida State against the blitz. That was his highest passer rating was against the blitz against Florida State.
0: So Daniel's obviously a chance to be a big difference maker in this ball game. But it's because of that, perhaps, that I say we need to score 30 points. That was my second number. And this one, if you want to think outside the box, I have no stats for you here. I have no basis for what I'm about to say other than it just feels right. We have to convert two fourth-down opportunities tomorrow. We have to have two fourth-down conversions when we have the ball and we decide to go for it. We did it last year twice, converted one, took some chances early, Florida State, by the way, earlier this season, they were nine of fourteen on third down, one of one on fourth. So when you look at conversion chances in the aggregate, ten of fourteen, I don't know that our offense is equipped to go nine of fourteen on third down. It certainly hasn't been lately. So I think you're gonna have to take some chances. You're gonna have to play to win, you're gonna have to go for some fourth downs, you're gonna have to make two of them.
1: Well, I was about to go I was about to say, do you mean more of that by if you're running the football and being conservative you feel like it just takes four times instead of three? That's the first thing. And second of all, this is the game where you you can't be conservative. You can't be ultra conservative in this game. If you've got the ball fourth down and one at their 45, you're probably not punting unless it's a special situation.
0: No, I think you're exactly right. So my numbers, 45% of the time you have to throw it on first down. 30 points we have to score to win. And two times we have to go for it on fourth down and convert. Then, I'd
1: like to remind you, we are in our Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Well, Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for, but it's the customer service that sets them apart. They're your neighbors. They're the people you go to church with. They're the people that that stand in line with you at, uh, at the ball game. On Friday night, they're embedded in every community in the state of Mississippi, and that's our good friends at Farm Bureau. And also, if you're coming to the game tomorrow, coming up to tailgate, you got to have an early morning, make sure you stop by the butcher shop down in Florence, Mississippi at Country Meat Packers and get some of that great country-pleasing sausage. It's a great breakfast addition to your tailgate for tomorrow. But country-pleasing, go to countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it to you. But all of those great flavors are throughout the southeast not only in grocery stores but also in fantastic restaurants around the south, especially in the New Orleans area. So some of you LSU fans are listening to us coming up to the game, trying to figure out what our take is about your LSU Tigers. Let me tell you this. You can get a lot of country-pleasing in the state of Louisiana. And so country-pleasing sausage. All right, Charlie, time now for our two players who can smoke you. Brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats.
0: Yeah, this is the segment where we look at each look at two opposing players that could give us fits. I'll give you mine to get things started here, Bart. I'm going to go with Brian Thomas Jr., number 11. He's a receiver, 6'4, 205. And here's the thing about Thomas there are some other receivers, Malik Neighbors, for example, to get talked about a lot. Week one, Thomas, seven catches, 142 yards, along a 75. Last week, six catches, 78 yards, and it's that size that can give you trouble. It it is difficult to cover a guy who is 6'4 and can move. Brian Thomas, Jr., number 11, one of the guys that can smoke you.
1: LSU has a really good stable of running backs, but also very athletic at wide receiver.
0: And my second guy actually cycles all the way back to week one. We talked about southeastern Louisiana and the fact that they had lost a number of players, I think it was five, to Division I FBS teams. One of those was Zai Alexander, the cornerback, and he has been good. Thirteen tackles on the season leads the team, but he's been really good in coverage as well. Watch out for him making plays in the secondary. And one
1: of the things the LSU people have been talking about is how well they tackle in the secondary. They've had some times, especially against Florida State and then the first half last week against Grambling, where they did not tackle well, especially in the secondary. And we kind of go back to the point of if we're able to get the ball down the field, LSU people feel like the weakness of their defense is on the back end, at safety, at cornerback. And so you kind of wonder, bringing those linebackers and safeties into play, what that does for us in the game. All right, here's my two players that can smoke you, brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meets. Of course, two brothers right here on University Drive and startle well, going toward campus, great place to people watch. You've got the upstairs bar. You've got the patio. The food is outstanding. 11 AM kickoff tomorrow, so it'll be hopping tomorrow, late tomorrow afternoon, and then tomorrow night as well. But Two Brothers Smoke Meats, the tacos are fantastic, the burger is underrated, it's fantastic as well. I go for the wings, I love the wings, I love good wings, and their wings are fantastic. They're, I keep on saying the word fantastic, they are fantastic. They're great wings at Two Brothers Smoke Meats. All right, you mentioned him just a moment ago. And my first player is number eight, and that is Malik Neighbors. And all of a sudden right now, all the true Mississippi State fans are hitting their dashboards, and they're cussing me under their breath. Malik Neighbors was a Mississippi State commitment for the longest time all the way until signing day. Youngsville, Louisiana native, just south of Lafayette. But the thing that Malik Neighbors has done is he has turned into the big-time player that everybody thought he was going to be. Last two games of the year last year – He caught five balls in the SEC championship game against Georgia, five balls for 128 yards. He was the Citrus Bowl MVP. He caught nine balls for 163 yards against Purdue. So far this season, against Florida State, six catches, 67 yards. Last week, five catches, 87 yards. He's the big play guy, and he wears number eight. This is his first trip back to Starkville since a long time ago. Uh, That's vague enough. Yeah, back when he, he cared about us. That was ambiguous. Yeah, back when he cared about us. But Malik Neighbors is my guy to watch on the offensive side when Jay Daniels gets ready to throw the football. Neighbors is the guy. He used to be a punt returner. Used to drop a couple every now and then. But now he does not drop balls when they are thrown to him. And he's the first guy to watch. My second guy to watch is number 30. Greg Penn the third, and here's the reason I'm picking Greg Penn the third. Omar Spates, who is their outstanding linebacker, Spates was injured in the game last week against Grambling. He is doubtful for this game. So the middle linebacker, the starting middle linebacker, Omar Spates is probably out. Greg Penn is the likely guy to step into that role. He started 14 games last year. He's made just one start this year. And so, how does Greg Penn work in stopping our running game one-on-one with Jaquavius Marks in the hole? He wears number 30. And so, on the defensive side, Greg Penn, the third, is my player to watch. And those are my two brothers, two players that can smoke you.
0: Yeah, to give you an idea about how much Penn has played this year, Spates, whose place he will likely take, 94 total snaps on the year, but Penn's played 57. So he's been out on the field. He's a guy who's been around. Spates, by the way, one of the things we always look at in today's world is what has the portal done for teams? How about this for LSU? They lose Walker Howard, who wouldn't have played this year for them anyway, and uh, will potentially be a quarterback down the road for Ole Miss now. They get Logan Diggs, a running back from Notre Dame. They get a wide receiver from Alabama. Spates, who we just talked about, was a four-year starter at Oregon State cornerback from A&M, cornerback from Syracuse, and a defensive lineman from West Virginia. This is a team that went out. They didn't just protect their roster. They went out and got some guys. Now, the question is, did they go out and get
1: some guys like they did in baseball? Do they have transformational-type players like a Paul Skeens?
0: Well, it's hard to define anybody (laughs) in any sport as transformational (laughs) as Paul Skeens was.
1: They got better. Well, that's what I'm saying. They LSU, the, the entire athletic programs down there, women's basketball and everything, got better with the
0: transfer portal. No, it certainly has. All right, Bart, so we've looked at our three numbers. We've talked about a couple of players, each of us. Kind of your final thoughts on LSU and what we're looking for.
1: You know, what's what's crazy is, is this is the most played series for LSU. And, of course, the, the team we've played the most is Ole Miss but we're the most played team that LSU has ever played. This is the 117th time that Mississippi State and LSU have played football. Now, for a long time, 40s, 50s, 60s, we talked about this in our last show, in the 70s as well, played a ton of years in Baton Rouge and never even came into the state of Mississippi. And then when they did come into the state of Mississippi, we played them in Jackson. So there's a big skew in the record. This will be a big win if we can pull it off tomorrow, and that's – Without doubt. One is because it's LSU. The second thing is, is like we talked about in the open, about this month of September having the five games, this being a big game right here in the middle of it. The line on it is 9.5. Started out at 7.5. It Pushed all the way to 11. Evidently, based on some of the websites, some sharp money, has come in on Mississippi State to push it down to nine and a half, and they say it might go down to nine. The experts think this is about a a seven-and-a-half point ball game. Do I think we can win? Absolutely. I think we can win this football game. If you put the percentages of it,
0: I don't know if I get to 50. Yeah, I mean, what would the ESPN, FPS, or FPI, what would it say? We're about 20%? I was going to say 38. 38? Yeah. Okay, I'll play along. Look, it's a gaming win. It's going to come down to what? Like they always seem to do, right? About four or five plays. Do you convert on a third lawn? Do you connect some of the passes that sail lawn. Do they hook up this weekend? And I I think it's going to come down to something you hit on earlier. Can Jaden Daniels scramble successfully against us? If he does, I think we're going to have a tough time. Look, this is a much better quarterback as much as some of our fans are infatuated with Delara from last week, this guy's a lot better. The lowest price?
1: <laughs> the same result I got last week. This guy I, is this a guy's lot better. good. This guy's really, really good. And they have they have athletes all over the field. Now, Woody Marks has almost half as many rushing yards right now as he did all of last year. Woody runs hard. And I go back to the point. LSU, when they have had their difficulties defensively, they've had trouble tackling, and so if we can get some momentum early in the game, and that's why I think they're going to stack the box, and I think we're going to have to we're going to have to complete some 15, 20 yard passes in that first half tomorrow.
0: No, I absolutely agree.
1: Hey, it has been our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Of course, Tracks Plus with five locations now. It all started in Hickory, Mississippi, down on Interstate 20 at the Hickory exit. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Columbus, Bessemer, Alabama, and Alexandria, Louisiana. And that's our good friends at Trax Plus. Go to TracksPlus.com and see all the new machines they have, the used equipment. It's heavy equipment for the dirt contractors, bulldozers, excavators, for the foresters. They got the big Mid South Ag Show coming up next week. And so if you're driving, if you're in the forestry world, the logging business, at the Mid-South Ag Show. They'll be very prominent here just south of Startwell. Two years ago is when Charlie drove the uh, skid steer. We need to go back out there this coming
0: week. Get I'd you, like to do that. See if they'll let you dig a hole. Who knows what they might let me do. We might clear a whole forest while I'm out there. Mow it down, just like we're hoping
1: Woody Marks does at that secondary tomorrow.
0: Well, first thing he's got to do is get past the defensive line, and that's one of the <laughs> things we need to see improve play. Offensive line's got to play better. Yep, especially in the middle. Two guards and center. This is going
1: to be a big test, and uh, if you're going to win the football game, you've got to control the line of scrimmage in the
0: middle. All right, so that's a wrap. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll have our Sunday coffee, and we'll figure out where we went right, where we went wrong, but hopefully we're doing that in the context of a victory. Thanks for hanging out. See you Sunday.